First Gen Wealth, we talk about an entrepreneur's journey to creating wealth. I've got a lot of friends, a lot of colleagues, a lot of peers that they're brought up with money and the ability to handle and figure that out. Finding dollars has always been easy. Finding a deal, making money, making money, I can do that. What to do with it to make it continue to earn so we do have that generational wealth, that's the missing piece. We want our money that we've earned through blood, sweat, and tears now go to work for us so that money is making money while we're sleeping. Hello and welcome to First Gen Wealth. I'm Randy Woodworth and on First Gen Wealth we talk about entrepreneurs and just regular people's journey to wealth creation, specifically somebody that's first generation. Today I'm joined by Corey Shook of Corey Shook and Associates. I've known Corey too long. Uh, well, not too long as in it's a negative thing, Corey, but you know, we've known each other a long time. I think third grade, uh, she was a kickball rock star, scared the crap out of everybody on the uh, kickball field. I'm it, the same size as I was in third just grade. Just about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. haven't grown much, but anyway, Corey, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Randy. Yeah. So as I said, Corey Shook, um, Corey owns Corey Shook and Associates, local uh, residential real estate brokerage. She is absolutely crushing it here locally. Um, and has started taking a journey into real estate investment, mm -hmm. which is why you're here today. Not necessarily because you're the, gotta be the number one in our County, right? I mean, the best. So you are the best. You are the best. I use Corey exclusively. So, um, but if you would, Corey, just give us a quick synopsis of your journey up to the point of where you are now in the real estate business, but not, the, let's not get into the, um, the investment side just yet, but I was trying to remember what you did prior to real estate. And it was something interesting. Like it was. I was a pharmacy tech. Pharmacy tech. So, yep. Okay. I started working when I was 14 at Sobex Pharmacy. And I attribute a lot of my success to that, to working for a small business right from the beginning to um, Dick Sobeck and Tim Shaw right here in Owasso and what they taught me as a boss, what they taught me as a small business owner and taking care of people and working with integrity, always working hard, always keeping yourself busy. You know, if we didn't have, if there weren't clients, patients there, then we were dusting or we were always finding something to do. You were on the clock. I actually still have a recurring nightmare about having to punch in. Thank God I don't ever have to do that again. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but I was a pharmacy tech for nine years. And then when I had Reagan, my second daughter, I knew I did not want to go back to the nine to five. It just wasn't for me. And Mike and Debbie Leslie ran an ad and actually Josh, my husband said, oh my God, you'd be perfect for this. This is you. And he's really the one that pushed me and just knew that that was the perfect thing. And um, yeah, I mean, that was 19 years ago. So wow. I got my license in April, April 15th of 2004. Worked under um, Mike and Debbie Leslie for the first year and a half. And yeah, then we worked together for we a did. little bit. Yeah, yeah Randy, yeah. yeah. So, um, and I learned what to do and what not to do. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> we yeah. were young. We were kids then. I, and then, yeah, I know, I know. Um, and I then went to, um, was at another local uh, independent brokerage. And then was there for eight years. And then I had gotten my broker's license, not 
to start my own company, but I got my broker's license for tax purposes um, so that I could be- Take an note. Yeah, take, take note. note be, yeah. <laughs> become an independent, or if you're an independent contractor, you should be running your business as an S-Corp. And so I got my broker's license specifically for that reason, to change my tax situation. And that was life-changing. That's a, a big thing. I now- coach my agents to do that. That's a very important to me. And then eventually I opened my own company in 2018 as an independent broker. It's only, it's only been been five years. Yeah. It seems like you've been around longer. Yeah, I have been around 19 years, but but five years on my own. You've done a great job of branding your name and yourself. So it's like you can transition through these companies Mm -hmm. and really still keep that following. So it's not like you're restarting over. Right. In real Uh, estate, you you, yes, it's all about your clients. hundred percent. We've done a fantastic job. Your, your, your brokerage company now, a boutique experience, I believe. Experience. Yeah. Lifetime rewards. Yeah. VIP clients. I am one. I I am a VIP client of Corey's. Um, She does a fantastic job. The customer service thing was huge. And really you touched on something very important there Um, with, you know, what the topic of this podcast and wealth creation and trying to maintain wealth. Cause you and I didn't come up from no. giant treasure chests. No. Um, and Corey had mentioned the tax side of things. And, and basically there's a couple ways to make money. You, you don't spend it, you save it, right. And you earn it and you're saving money through a tax strategy, which is critical to wealth creation. So that's, that's awesome. And I think that's a key component that, any agent out there that's not a broker, you don't have to have your own shop to be a broker. Uh, and it does give you a lot of tax benefits. So I recommend, that's awesome that, that you yes. brought that like up. Like I said, we coach on that. And no no other broker really does that. Like I, right. I found it out because I found the right tax advisor. Right. And I was seeking something out and saying, I'm a seeker. You're we tired of writing those big checks to the government. Exactly. Yeah. I owe the IRS <laughs> a lot of money. Yeah. And, and I have. Yeah. I, I, I don't... You know, I'm not embarrassed to say that. Many I've, I've been on some pl- been, payment plans in the history. And you know. I learned my lesson. And But whenever I learn a lesson, whenever I get punched in the gut, um, you know, whether it's by the IRS or whoever else, right. then I'm saying, well, how do I fix this? Right. And nobody could tell me that. And then luckily I found the right person who could. And, and now I coach that to my agents because I don't want them to, I want them to build wealth. And yes. you can't do that when you're tied to the IRS and they take, you know, way double more than they should be taking. They take their fair share. They take, they, they, they do. take, they take their fair share. Anyway, we'll move on from yeah. that. You know, we don't need big brother coming <laughs> down here. Um, so humble beginnings, uh, uh, both of us, um, you know, I think to say our parents weren't swimming in it is a fair statement. Um, you know, we came from small communities uh, small incomes uh, for the household. Both our parents got divorced around the same time, so then that income got cut in half, right? Um, so we didn't have, uh, you know, any training coming up in how to build wealth. So your tax questions, you're not going to get those that guidance from right. your They weren't family. small business owners. Right. They weren't... Um Obviously, they're fantastic and did a great job with me and took care of me, um, but there was never really a, like a plan. Right. And maybe that's because I'm so independent and never asked for it and didn't, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe that's partially my fault because uh, you couldn't have told me what you to do anyway. You were stubborn. You couldn't tell me what to do anyway. Yeah. Independent. Yeah. Independent. Yes. Um, oh, yes. But yes. yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't like, okay, if you go do this, you're going to, you know, and in school, of course, it was, 
you should be, you know, I, I could have been an attorney or I could have been, you know, I, I was supposed to go to U of M and, and I didn't. Basically, the reason I didn't do that was because I saw, I saw the bill. Yeah. And I was like. That you were going to have to I pay. Was gonna, yeah, I was going to yeah. have to pay for that. And I had no idea. And I, nobody really, again, nobody at school even really coached me on how I would have even done that. Thank God I didn't. Because right. I make way more money now than if I would have had a college degree. Did you bring your, <laughs> did you bring your tax return? I wanted to show it. <laughs> she does pretty well for herself. And she actually, that work ethic, you kind of attribute some of that back to Dick Sobeck and Tim Shaw, sure. some local pharmacists that have sold the farm, P-H-A-R-M, if you will, uh, to some bigger conglomerates, right? And they've got their paydays. But their your work ethic, I guess, came from and you were you're a good student too. So you've kind of just always had that. And probably that was something that came down from your parents. It was, yes. Very accomplishment driven, certainly. Sure. Sure. So taking that work ethic into the real estate business and absolutely grinding it has built yourself a pretty good uh, business that you've, you know, you've got some cash. You've got some capital. Um now, the question became, right, what do we do with that? Like earning the money is, is you're good at. You can, you can grind, you're showing, you're, you know, you're at, you are a fantastic broker and you have a, a commitment to your client and you find them houses, you sell their houses, you work your ass off until it's done. And so that translates to commission checks. Um, but you love vacations and you love all those other things too, right? Put so my kids through college. Yes. Yep. So they don't have that burden that you were, you were faced with. That's um, right. yep. And not cheap colleges either. I think no, you're, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One's in New York city and the uh-huh. other one just finished at MSU. So, so. so grind some more, make some more money, yeah. but, but transitioning, when did it start to kind of resonate with you that, Hey, I can earn what are we going to do about putting these earnings to work so that the earnings are earning? Like when did that kind of start so creeping in? I kind of feel like for us and a lot of the way I, a lot of our business ventures don't start with looking at the money. It actually isn't like, okay, how am I going to do this money? It's actually more so about solving a problem. Yeah. Um, and so that's why, you know, now I own a title company. Um, that was a service decision. It wasn't about the money. It was about solving a service problem. And that's what we did it. So, um, and then when it comes to like our commercial buildings, our first commercial purchase was Westtown. And that for us was solving a, a blight problem. My husband, yeah. you know, Josh, for me to be here is kind of funny because he's out there doing, he's out there really hustling right now on a commercial yeah, project. You're in a and, very unique situation where your husband is a contractor and not just like, you know, he, he is a very he's talented. Yes. I mean, he can build a house pretty much from the ground up and do all things, all the trades. He, he's very skilled at multiple trades. So definitely an advantageous situation for you when it comes to investment. And like you described, blight. So that solved a blight problem in in our hometown, but you didn't like want to just lose money there. No, exactly. No. And so for him, you know, that's where I was leading is just that he's not here next to me, but that's because he's always back there executing. And so he's watched that property for so long and he has vision. And what I always say is that everybody's got vision, right? Everybody's got ideas. I mean, you more than anybody hear people's ideas about businesses and things like that. But there's some, it's it's a whole nother level of being able to actually execute. Ideas are a dime a dozen. Execution is 
everything. Everything. And there's a lot of different elements to execution also. There's a lot more to it. People don't necessarily understand what it takes not only to flip or renovate properties like that um, is execution, but it's also risk, risk tolerance. So there's so many things that we take on as small business owners and as uh, serial entrepreneurs and you know, commercial, getting into the commercial um, realm of things is a lot of it is risk. So we balance each other out really well. I'm lucky about that. But um, yeah, so that project, yes, we wanted to make money. No, we don't want to lose money. First came that we want to make this prettier. Well, and you had a need for storage too, for some reason. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of things. But um, seeing that come together was just, again, I'm very accomplishment driven. Like to see that um, come, you know, it was just a Shit, shit yeah, hole. Sorry, crap. I'm just gonna say it. Yeah. So um it was just <laughs> sorry, sorry kids. I sorry, think my kids, kids watch yeah. this. So it was just, she said it was shit. just gross. Yeah. And it was there forever <laughs> and it just bothered us. And it and there's a lot of properties out there that you know I'm relying on Randall to get me a hold of here soon that I can't see and look at, and we just want to make something better. And yeah. and we did well with it. So yep. because he and has you, that vision and what you did there too is you created a lot of um ancillary. Uh, investment down to, down in West Town, so exactly. it always takes that first person that isn't you know so so terrified, right? And bravo to you guys for doing that because it has led to more investment down down yes. in that side of town. So we're talking about West Town Owasso here in Michigan, where we both have our headquarters uh, for our companies, world headquarters, world headquarters downtown. Yeah, so I love yes. it. I love it down here, and I I um I can relate because that's how a lot of what I did started with commercial investment was tackling those types of eyesore projects that, Hey, we live here, we work here, we want cool things. Um, and it's kind of like this idea that if we invest, others will too. And then everybody kind of wins from that. Right. And downtown. So my, our next one was the building that I occupy, which again, if you're a business owner, it makes sense to occupy a building. Maybe. And, Right, maybe. Yeah. Well, it definitely maintain. Well, it makes sense to occupy, but the lease versus own strategy. Sure. Yeah. For me, it made sense. Yeah. I, I'll say. So it made sense for me to occupy because we want to continue investing in real estate. So, well, I'm not. You know, it makes sense. I need. I should yeah. move into this. And then knowing that beautifying and making that nice certainly is going to bring me a return in other ways. Right. Now everyone can see my beautiful building. We From a strategic a standpoint, I just want to touch on that though, because Corey Shook and Associates doesn't own that building or do they? No, they do not. So, my income producing business does not own real estate. Correct. So I, every building that we own is a separate LLC. And, and, and then yes. you pay that and company pay rent. rent. To that. Yep. Same Correct. scenario here. Yes. So, um, it is a strategy. So if you do have a need uh, as a business owner, uh, it does make sense to have a holding company that can own a, the building and then your income producing business, like you said, in your case, Corey Shook and Associates, pay that entity rent. And there's some tax advantages to that on both companies. Right. So anyway, so you, you, we constantly evaluate that. Yeah. So, I mean, my relationship with my accountant is a very open relationship that I'm constantly asking these questions. I want to know, again, how can I save my tax? How can I keep my money in my pocket? And so we're constantly um, looking at those things when we want to do anything, when we want to make improvements or whatever else. So that was our second building. That was a no-brainer. I mean, I I was renting. I want a building. 
we want to keep buying. It buildings. worked out well for me too. It Corey. did. It worked out well for Randy. I bought it from Randy, and yeah, it I was that perfect one. timing yeah. and perfect location. And then that way, then I could, you know, I'm on Exchange Street, and I open a title company on Exchange Street. Yep. And then, um, so that was kind of my next business venture. It wasn't, you know, necessarily commercial real estate. Um, although then I. Well, let's, let's talk see, about let's, exchange we, yeah, we, title real quick yeah. because. I think that is uh, an, uh, just a perfect scenario of something where you're spending money or your clients are spending money for a service you have to, it ha- is part of every transaction and you're doing a ton of transactions every year. So you're seeing literally tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars every year go to some business that I have no control over. You have no control That's over. Really not, and, and when you're saying control, it's not it's not just like, the, it's it's more for you for customer service and control. Service. Exactly. Yeah. I have no control over service. Yeah. And so now we looked at that and said, I'm constantly, and this is part of my real estate business, but like I said, in many aspects, I'm constantly trying to problem solve. That's that's really probably, if you were to describe what I do, I problem solve. And yeah. so, and I love it. That's, it is exciting to me. So I wanted to solve that problem of service. And so opening Exchange Title, was a really big deal to us and it's been fantastic. And I talk to brokers all over the country and many independent groups that I'm in and and they want to figure that out. How do we add ancillary services? I'm always open to that. So I do talk to a lot of different brokers and try to help them through that. Some have joint ventures and different things and a JV was not the right choice for me. Yep. If you're listening and you're in real estate, you know what this means. Um, because again, I wanted to have extreme ownership yes. of, of, of the Jocko. situation Good so that out. I could Great control book. it. Mm-hmm. And then I can take that ownership and I'm responsible ultimately. So even in the title business, I'm constantly saying, and I, I call you and say, hey, how can we make this better for you? And we so Corey doesn't that. sleep, so that's an advantage. <laughs> so Corey is actually a vampire, so right. she, she, she requires no sleep. But no, but you've driven that work ethic home with the people that are involved with Exchange Title, and they're doing closings way after hours on weekends. They have a closing at 5 o'clock tonight in Williamston. Yep, which yeah. is terrific, and that's not something just so you know is not necessarily uh, something that ordinary title companies do. It's obviously getting that way because they're seeing this kind of competition. They're, the funny thing is they're not. Well, you're looking locally. <laughs> you're, even, you're looking, I don't even see anybody else doing it. Well, and it's so crazy to I mean, me because it, for my it's like world, unheard of. For my world, though, like you're talking residential closings sure. where the buyer and the seller show up and there's got to be coordination of time and all that. That's like rarely a, an occasion on ours. We mail everything out. So it's like the time. We don't do of, mail outs. Notary. We'll send you a notary. Well, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> but we, we, we do, we, we do remote. Excuse mail is me. so 1995. We do remote closings. Email is still mail, Corey, <laughs> for crying out loud. She's always harping on me. Um, so anyway, so yeah, so I just want to touch on that because the point is if you have a uh, service that you're, you're continually seeing your dollars go out to and you, it's something that can actually add value to your portfolio, definitely worth exploring. Well, it comes down to can I do something better? Right. Like do I, what, if I'm frustrated with something, yep. then I don't want to hear from another business owner. The, the worst thing I think you can ever say is it is what it is. I hate to hear that. I can't stand it. I can't stand it when I'm at a business. Sometimes it is what it is. No, it isn't. Then fix it. (laughs) And so when I say, okay, I'm going to fix it. 
Yeah. If you're not going to fix it, watch me fix it. I love it. And so then I'm going to open another business and there I'm going to fix it. So I, I you know, I don't want to have to make excuses for my for somebody else that I can't control. Yep. So I would rather fix that problem. Yeah, and it comes back to your client experience. Yes, because yep. ultimately they look at me. They yep. don't they don't know. Most people don't know who their title company was. They're starting to know Exchange Title because we try to provide excellent service, but n- most people don't know different aspects in the transaction. And so we they they ultimately look at me and I want to make sure that experience is the best that it can be and remove friction. So that's, that's why awesome. we created our VIP program. That's awesome. All right. So anyway, you were moving on. So we went to to exchange title because of the building on exchange that you bought. And then now you've bought two over on Crony Avenue. Yep. Yes. So why why did you why did you look at that bank? Is it a, is the same story it's as ugly. It was yeah, ugly. Yeah, it was hideous. It just sat there rotting for years. And and we have a lot in town that in any town, right? And but at yes. the end of the day, you saw oh, an opportunity potential. for potential and to make money. Yes, opportunity. So Absolutely. how are you evaluating that like from a from a risk standpoint? And maybe you're not. Maybe you're just like, I freaking want it. I don't care. We'll figure it out later. Because that's my brother, episode one, brought up that entrepreneurial spirit and how it's like my gut just serves me well. And I do it something is. knowing I'm going to figure it out. So we... Josh will have numbers in his head, and we always have to double that, of course. But yeah. it's it really is. And when I you think say about numbers, that. you're saying rehab dollars. Yes, exactly. Okay. But I would say that it's yes, it is a gut feeling that we just know. And risk, I feel like, is like risk tolerance is everything when you're in this game. Yeah. And if you were to put that like on a scale, you really could do it. And I think that risk tolerance is based on two things. It's based on resilience, like you as a person and as a, as a business owner and an entrepreneur on that you can problem solve your way out of everything that you, you just know, like I am a resilient person. I teach that in my, to my kids that if something happens and it doesn't work out, whether it's your fault or whether it's not, that you can still overcome that. So right there, this, you know, what risks, tolerance is built on and also faith. So that's faith in God. It's faith in yourself. It's faith and trust in your relationship. Like Josh and I, like we just trust each other and we trust that God, you know, has this abundance for us. And so it's going to work out. Like we just know, just go get it. We just got to get it. Yep. And then we're going to figure that out. It helps to have a good commercial broker in your back pocket as a friend, because that's, and for me, that's exactly right. I, I've changed my tactic a little bit, but but the, the risk uh, um, tolerance is extremely high for me because I know I'm going to solve it, right? Exactly. I'm going to find somebody, something to go in that building and it's going gonna, it's gonna to work out. And I'm gonna we're make so money. confident. Man, and maybe, again, it's not like we've won. On, I mean, I've lost in my life, right? I mean, I've been there. I've lost. Oh, yeah. um, but again, but I overcame it. And so you build that confidence. Losses build confidence, right? Like there's nothing wrong with losing. You lose, you, you don't die. Right. You're still exactly. here. I didn't die. You know? Yeah, I don't, I still, you know, I, I still was living every day. Right. And so then you just build and then your confidence gets better and you get more excited. And both of these buildings, um, West Town and, and the bank building, they, like we had people come to us. 
before we were even done because yeah. it, they were just, they you could it. see it. Yeah, you do it. They could see what we were doing and they were excited. The vi- we got other people the excited. The vision you guys had on paper in your brains, once it hits the canvas of the building, it makes it real easy to find exactly. buyers and tenants and stuff. Right. So, And that is really, you know, I have to give Josh a ton of credit for that because he again, he is an executor. You know, he wants things to be done right. He doesn't, and in commercial, it's funny because sometimes you just have to get it done, right? You have deadlines. And so he's, he's mentioned the other day that, you know, something that wasn't exactly the way he wanted it. And he said, I'm getting frustrated because now my guys are saying, well, it's commercial. And like, that's not acceptable to yeah. him. Like he, he's a this is his name, yeah. you know, it's his reputation. Well, Everything we job. do, just like all the things that I say about how I want the experience, he wants it that way too. I mean, he, he is very choosy. Like I am about our teams, right. who you have on your team, the way that they act in front of people and when people aren't around and the way that they treat people and the way they treat the job. And that, it's that's important. It's the brand. It's the brand. Exactly. And that his brand, for better or for worse, reflects back to your brand. So Just. it's all got to be in, right. in sync with each other. I think you guys are doing a great job. Um, so I know you and I could talk for literally hours, even though we talk all the damn time. We do. You said you that and I, with no, Jim, listen, and I was like, I talk to Randy I, all the time. You talked, I talked to you more, and I probably talked to my mother or my, my brother. My but, husband will say it. Yeah. He's like, well, I'm sure you've talked to Randy about it. Corey and I have been buddies forever, so it's really, and we have a lot of the same experiences as we came up from you know, very humble means. And have tried to build in something. Vernon. Yeah, in Vernon. Yeah, tried to build something uh, for ourselves that is generational. So let's fast forward and, and try to do this in um, the quickest Corey can way. <laughs> of, and I don't want to necessarily talk about the Corey Shook and Associates because I know you're going to crush that. I know that's going to explode. Where do you see your, you and Josh, your personal investment strategy um, and where do you see that business over the course of the next five, 10 years? And well, then pro- we'll wrap properties, it up. Properties, properties, properties. Yeah. With, with just, um, I well, would I mean, say, what, I, yeah, I probably won't, I, I don't see myself selling a lot of properties again because yep. I just had to pay a bunch of money to the IRS. So um, when I sold my last one, because I didn't do a 1031 because I was, yep. because, and so there's, be there's something that we'll learn, you <laughs> yeah. know, because I, I knew I could have, but I didn't, and I was in a hurry and whatever else. And so I don't see myself necessarily doing that. But instead, I would like to build an entire portfolio of many multiple um, commercial properties. I, I'm not at this point interested in residential because I'm in that, and yeah. I don't want that reputation. Sure. Um, it's, it's hard to overcome as a landlord and things like that. I don't want to do that. And I enjoy having this, you know, this different aspect and having commercial. It's an it is. And I, and I, yep. and I do enjoy that. I, I got the best message from our new tenant that was just like, you're improving the neighborhood. We appreciate you so much. I mean, that means something to me. And so I want to be able to have that portfolio for my kids. And I'll, I'll, I'm actually working on putting all my properties into a trust. I think we own like eight properties. We own three commercial and, um, cause I do own a, a, my other, I have a second location in Williamston, and I own that building, mm-hmm. um, my, my real Costa. estate. Yes, thanks, Todd. Yep. And so I own that building. So, and we have a couple residential and whatever. So I want to get all those into a trust for my kids um, long term and just for tax purposes again. 
And um, yeah, they gotta, and they got to make money. They got to make they got to make money. So everything is probably whether we're flipping it and renting it is probably the way we want to do it. You know, we like the distressed properties and then get those back on the books back, you know, for um, I, I don't mind paying taxes when it comes to property taxes. Right. Sure. I mean, I want to keep them low, but well, I the depreciation is pretty nice. Exactly. Too. Yeah. The depreciation is so pretty nice. Building so, that so that um, and having a large portfolio of those so that then my husband maybe um, can stop swinging a hammer. I don't know how he ever will because he enjoys it, but he's well, maybe it's a long time. You know, maybe he's not on a roof swinging a hammer. Maybe he's just doing trim indoors where it's warm. <laughs> during, you know. I'd like to see him just on the boat. Yeah, on the boat. I like it. Yeah. There, there was something that you said I was going to I was gonna react on, um, and it wasn't the 1031 exchange, although that is an important tool. Um I don't know. I don't know. I got yeah. ADHD like you, so I, I know I'm the sorry. trust. We're gonna put some stuff in the trust. It's and it's. I think it's important again to consult with an attorney. Do what you know, but rely on other professionals. Again, I rely on my commercial broker. Good for you. I, I love hearing that tax. you want more properties. I got to tell you, yeah. um, that 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 that's awesome. I I mean, you're building something there too, and I know just like with your your business, uh, Corey Shook and Associates, your primary income driver. Uh, you're going to blow it up in the investment world for for buildings as well. So bravo, keep it up. I'll be here for you. Um, for those of you that uh, want to reach out, if you're buying or selling a home, especially in the Shiawas County, but really mid-Michigan area. Mid-Michigan. Mm-hmm. Yep. We have an office, second office in Williamston. So reach Give out. Give yourself the plug. Yes. This is your so, time, Corey. Yeah, so I'm um, broker owner, Corey Shook and Associates, and please reach out to one of our fantastic agents. And also we're hiring. So a lot of times people think that we are we are exclusive and we are also inclusive and we are hiring um, residential agents and looking for someone who fits into our culture as a boutique experience. We build breadwinners. So all of our agents are full time and they are killing it. Yeah, and they are making real livings, yep. which not everybody out there is doing that. Yep. So you can make a real living in real estate and we are making that happen. Well, that's awesome, Corey. Thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate that. Uh, this has been First Gen Wealth. I'm Randy Woodworth. Tune in next time. Not sure who the guest would be or what the topic is, but it's going to be awesome. Take care. <laughs>